This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and, if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello there, welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability in the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now later on in the show we're going to hear how the Hudson Middlesex Wildlife Trust wants you to get crafty. But first, now if you've got a garden, you've probably run off your feet at the minute. It really is such a busy time of year for gardeners, keeping those lawns in trim, cutting back the hedges, tending your fruit and veg. It's a good job that the days are long because, well, there's never enough time to get it all done, is there? Especially as we're being asked not just to think about the plants in our garden, but also to take care of the wildlife too. So just to start the show off with, I've got a few tips that will hopefully help you to care for your garden and the wildlife in it, and also perhaps save yourself a bit of time as well. So let's start with that lawn. Now, unless you're into bowling, save yourself lots and lots of time and boost nature too by following the plant conservation charity Plant Life's advice and, well, just mowing less. And when you do mow, just don't mow so short. Now, of course, you can go the full no-mow, which gives the opportunity for taller wildflowers to develop and gives a lovely hiding place for lots of wildlife that's not for everybody though so just mowing the edge of the lawn or a path through the lawn that can look beautiful apparently that's what the uh, the monks would have done with the grass and so perhaps if you'd have been visiting saint alban's abbey you know hundreds and hundreds of years ago when there were still monks there you'd perhaps have seen that there or you can just do no mow with a patch of lawn. Even a small patch is better than none and uh, that's going to save you a bit of time and leave just a little haven for wildlife Perhaps no-mo just isn't for you. And I have to admit, it's not what I do with my little lawn. What I do is just mow less, perhaps just once a month. And even then, I have the lawnmower set high. And it just means that the lawn's still good for, you know, sitting on or something like that. But because it's a bit longer, it's a bit more drought resistant. And although the wildflowers do get cut off when I mow, they are soon back again. So there's still lots of flowers for the bees. Now, this might also be a good option if you've got neighbours who perhaps are still catching up with the no-mow idea. But however often, you mow just mowing a bit less it's going to save you time and be better for the wildlife and whilst we're talking about lawns there's a plea from the hedgehog society now apparently thousands of hedgehogs each year are killed or hurt by strimmers and you only need to talk to anyone involved with the london colony hedgehog rescue to know that this happens a lot round here now the problem is that hedgehogs you know, their defensive response, if they think they're going to be attacked, is rather than running away, they just roll into a little ball. And whilst that, you know, might be a great protection against some predator, it's just going to be no use whatsoever against a strimmer. Amphibians also like long grass, frogs and toads. They get hurt by strimmers as well. So please, if you're going to use a strimmer or indeed a lawnmower or even a hedge trimmer on longer vegetation, check once check again just to ensure there's no wildlife hiding there. 
And whilst we're thinking about hedge trimmers, the RSPB have a request. Please, please, if you can, avoid trimming your hedges between March and September, which is the main nesting season for birds. Now, yes, some baby birds have left the nest, but some haven't. And many species of birds might have more than one brood. Now, the RSPB say if you really do have to cut your hedge, watch the hedge for a couple of days beforehand to check if there's any birds flitting in and out of the nest. Now, nests are ridiculously hard to spot. I know I've tried. But if you watch, you just might see the adults going backwards and forwards with nesting material or food. And when you do cut the hedge, they ask that you use hand tools if you can, as it's easier to stop if you realise that you are disturbing a nest by mistake. Now, something I see questions about a lot is what if you've seen somebody cutting their hedge and they've damaged or destroyed nests in the process? Well, the RSPB says that this is definitely not allowed. Under the Wildlife and Countryside Act 1981, wild birds' nests are protected from intentional damage, destruction or removal when they are in use or being built. So whilst it's not illegal to cut a hedge in the nesting season, it is illegal if you know that a bird is nesting there. Now the RSPB says that if you think an offence has taken place then you should phone the police via the non-emergency 101 telephone number and ask to speak to the local wildlife crime officer and they say you can do this anonymously. And just to say that deciduous hedges will be absolutely fine if you leave them until later in the year and evergreen hedges are best left to cut until the early spring so save yourself a summer job and pop the hedge trimmer back into the shed for the moment. So if you're not going to be doing all that mowing and hedge cutting, you might have time to do something altogether more lovely in your garden. Perhaps even try some art. Now we hear a lot about the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust here on Environment Matters. You know them, great organisation, they look after nature reserves, they encourage peregrine falcons to nest on the cathedral clock tower, that sort of thing. And I often tell you about the events that they run, you know, things like learning about trees, butterfly spotting, a webinar on fungi. But this summer, they're venturing into a whole new area, a series of creative events that they are calling Hearts Wild Art. So what's inspired them to get out the paintbrushes and how's this going to help the hedgehogs? Well, there's only one way to find out. I asked Emma Mathers, engagement officer at the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust, to tell us how this crafty caper had begun. Um, yeah, sure. Um, initially, it came from uh, a bit of an idea that we had uh, before lockdown, uh, where uh, Welling Garden City were celebrating their centenary and had invited people to submit for a, uh, a float to go through their carnival procession. Um, and uh, and we, we were having a think about what we could do to contribute. And, and actually, that's where the, the, the big uh, the willow uh, hedgehog idea came from. And then around that, it was, well, can we... Can we construct something that was going to be an interesting kind of art focused uh, project um, and we'd also been working with um, Hearts Year of Culture which was also 2020 um, and so started to make connections with a, a wide variety of local artists through that connections um, and found that there was actually a lot of a real appetite for connecting nature and art um, and so we kind of put the two ideas together. So um, to have the, 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 the sort of centrepiece, um, but also to incorporate some of the, the uh, local artists into uh, putting together a programme of, of, of uh, art 
delivery um, so that we could connect people with nature through through art and, and, and kind of reach out to a new audience. Okay, so th- you mentioned there the big hedgehog. Tell us about that. It, it, he's, he's where things started. T- tell us what he looks like for a start and, uh, and what his name is and what, what, you know, what the purpose behind him is. Yeah, certainly. Um, so uh, our, our big willow hedgehog um, is named Willoughby. Um, he is he's sitting on a trailer. He's very heavy. Um, and he's about three and a half metres by two metres. Um, he's, he's very large. He has a, a metal framework underneath. And he's been uh, constructed by a wonderful willow weaver called Deb Hart. Um, she's based over the border in Essex um, and creates these wonderful sculptures. And we're able to commission her to, to create a, 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 an enormous hedgehog, uh, which at the moment is going to be touring around Hertfordshire throughout this, this year. Um, but we will actually plant at some point. Um, and we're hoping to make him into a living sculpture by planting through some living willow uh, through him into the ground um, and creates kind of living spines on him. So, uh, so yeah, he, he's our big centrepiece piece of the Hearts Wild Arts project. Well, he is, I have seen him, and he is rather beautiful. And I love the idea of him becoming a, a living sculpture. That's fantastic and lovely that, you know, he's got a, a long legacy sitting out there. So you're, you're holding this, uh, the Hearts Arts Wild Art, it's, it's about art, as you say, with a little bit of wildlife in there. But how will this help wildlife? You know, kind of, you're all about helping wildlife at the, uh, at the Wildlife Trust, aren't you? How will this help wildlife? I think what we'd like to do is actually to use um, art as, as an inspiration for people to kind of stop and look and observe and watch wildlife. Um, And that might just be in their back garden, but actually by sitting down and starting to draw, and you don't have to be able to draw. This isn't all about people's artistic ability. This is all about actually just having a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil or a crayon and just taking that little bit of time to have a look at the flowers that you maybe have in your garden um, or drop in to come into one of our events. Um, and just sit there and, and give it a try and look. And actually, by, by looking at flowers, you then start to notice the insects coming in. And then you might see a butterfly go by. Or it just might be something takes your attention. And then just by engaging that way in a different way than perhaps you would normally notice, hopefully that will show people a little bit more and inspire them to find out a little bit more about the wildlife that's around them. So I'm hoping that we'll kind of, we'll engage with a, a new audience, um, certainly in, in any age range as well. You know, we want the children to be stopping and drawing as much as we want the adults. Right, okay. So this is this is all ages. It's not just for kids with crayons. This is for anybody. And, and you know, people who haven't picked up a pencil for a long time, will will they find something for them within this project? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's the whole idea is, is just having having the confidence just to sit down and give something a bit of a try and sketch something. And, and, and it doesn't matter what it looks like. No one's looking over your shoulder. This is all about your chance to, to have a go. Um, and perhaps, you you know, just kind of maybe you haven't drawn since you were at school. It gives you a chance just to sit there with a pad of paper and and have a go. So um, they, they, we're, we're going to have a lot of drop-in sessions all through the summer. Um, at the moment, they're at Grebe House, which is in Verulamian Park, um, each Wednesday. Um, and, and hopefully people can just drop in and, and, and give it a try. But we've also got some online sessions later on in the year um, as well. So um, hopefully people who are at home, who perhaps can't get out um, to visit us, will also be able to come to you and, uh, and you can have a little go with us. 
uh, with a little tutorial online. Wow, that sounds brilliant. So so the drop-in sessions, we just turn up and, and just do a bit of art. We don't need to book anything. And, and those are free, actually, aren't they? Where's the funding come from for this? So the whole project um, has been funded by uh, the Arts Council England, um, who have been absolutely fantastic um, and given us the opportunity to, to, to put this project together. Um, so the funding for, the, for, uh, for, for Willoughby and for the drop-in sessions and also our bookable sessions, which are heavily subsidised, um, have all come from the Arts Council. Okay. And you mentioned the bookable sessions there. So these are these are a little bit different, aren't they? Could you just give us a flavour of what, what we might expect there? Yeah, sure. This has given us an opportunity to work with local artists um, and to be able to uh, fully fund their, their work um, by delivering these workshops for us. So we've got uh, a real range of, of variety. So we've got some nature-inspired collaging uh, with local artist Sarah Howe, who is... Uh, is, is very inspiring and it's just bringing together different bits of material and colours and shapes and, and textures uh, to create collages. Uh, we're working with a wonderful street artist called Mark Tanti um, and he's uh, he's going to be doing some, some street art um, on canvas, um, which will be really exciting. Um, Adair Part, who's our willow weaver, she's going to come and do some willow weaving sessions. Uh, we've got one for, based for adults and another one which is aimed at children. And the same goes for the, the collaging. There's an adult session and a children's session. Um, and then we've got a, a, a lovely uh, project up in Hitchin um, with a, an artist who actually dyes different materials, but she grows the plants um, and then extracts the dyes from the plants to, to be able to, to dye materials. So really interesting, different variety. Um, and then, as I say, said before, we'll have a couple of online sessions, which will be using watercolours and using pastels. That sounds like there's a huge variety there, really something for everybody. Do you know, I can just imagine somebody going to the, the dyeing session and thinking, oh, I could grow those things in my garden or on my allotment or something. Fantastic. That sounds so good. Now, you've got all these brilliant events going. Um Obviously, you're expect, hoping us to engage a bit with wildlife. Art is a theme, but mental health is also important here. Can you just explain about that a little bit? Yeah, I think we kind of all realised um, during the lockdown period that actually being outdoors was very good for our, our mental health, and, and I certainly found that as well. Um, and also, art as well has been a, a massive factor um, in just allowing people's anxiety levels to reduce, just to kind of take your mind away from the stresses of modern life. And so really bringing those two things together is, is the, the outdoor uh, element, the engaging with the wildlife um, in your area. And this isn't about going to a nature reserve. This is just about being outdoors and having a look around you in your local area um, and using art as an opportunity just to kind of slow down, stop for a little while, take your mind off into a different area, um, concentrate on what you're doing. And I think all of those things, that kind of connection uh, works on so many levels. Um, so we're really looking at a, a kind of well-being element to this project as well. We're really hoping that that will benefit people. I'm sure it will do. There is something tremendously mindful. Well, not just about being in nature, but also doing art as well and bringing those together. 
Fantastic. Now, you've, as you say, you've got a whole variety of events, some in person, some online. But even if we can't get to any events or we're just a little bit shy or something, we can still join in, can't we? If we just want to join in from home, how do we do that? Well, we've got a couple of things. Um, we're going to be hosting a couple of videos on our website. We haven't recorded them yet, but uh, keep, keep an eye out for that. So if you have a look at the Hearts of Middlesex Wildlife Trust's website, we have a whole page dedicated to the project. Um, it's Hearts Wild Art. Um, and the other thing you can do is it, if you've got social media, we have an online hashtag, which is uh, Hearts Wild Art. So um, no spaces or anything, just uh, just that. So we'd love to see your creations. Uh, do tag us and, um, and our, our hashtag, Hearts Wild Art, and we'd love to see what everyone's creating. Brilliant. Well, I, I look forward to seeing that. It would be lovely to see. I think it's something we can all encourage each other in this, can't we? See what yes, we're all doing. So, absolutely. yeah, great idea. So, hashtag Hearts Wild Art. Emma, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I do hope these events go really well. Thank you. Thank you ever so much. I was talking there to Emma Mathers of the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust. And as I spoke to Emma, she was on the verge of moving to a new area where she's starting a new role with another wildlife trust. So, best of luck to you, Emma, with your move and also with your new job. Now, as I said, it would be lovely to see any of your Hearts Wild Art creations, however simple or inexpert, and I know that mine will, frankly, be both. So do share them with me on Twitter, at RV underscore Environment, on Facebook, um, that's Environment Matters on Radio Verulam, or it would be lovely to receive them by email at amanda at radioverulam.com. I'm going to be back at the same time next week, but until then, thanks for listening.